Going Greyhounds for your daily update of the latest news and tips. Hello, good morning. Welcome to another Going Greyhounds on this Tuesday morning. What a weekend it was. Greyhound racing wise here in Sydney, of course, the three big Route 1 races at Wentworth Park on Saturday night. The National Futurity taken out by Windra All Class, the National Derby won by Victor Damien, and then She's a Pearl uh, taking out the Group 1 Paws of Thunder. It was a, a spectacular night. Heats of the Terelgan Cup were last Friday. Uh, a big week this week as well with heats of the Gold Bullion. But all the all the eyes were on Wentworth Park, and the first of the feature winners there on Saturday was Windra All Class as she took out the Group 1 National Futurity. They're racing. She was only out fairly mortified. Victor Marley away brilliantly from the outside. Will lead to the first corner from Baby JC and Windra All Class. They collided behind the leader. Up to fourth now is mortified. Then Mount Gower. Well back in the field. Then two Queen of Scott shipping Mercedes. Last Ava Blazer off the back straight. And the leader Victor Marley from Windra All Class who's just about on terms. Baby JC getting up on the rails. They corner. Windra All Class hit the front. Drew clear. Windra All Class has won the Futurity. Beats Baby JC, third Victor Marley, fourth in Mortified. There followed Zipping Mercedes, Mount Gower, Queen of Scotch. And yeah, that was Blazer. the brilliant win of Windra All Class there in the National Futurity on Saturday night. There wasn't a dry eye in the place, and we're joined by her trainer now, Daniel Gat. Good morning to you, Daniel. Yeah, hello, Matt. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Firstly, a massive congratulations to you. It, it must have been some thrill for you to, to score... Uh, in the futurity there on Saturday with Windra All Class. Oh, massive thrill! That was um, yeah, one of the best nights I've ever had on a racetrack, and I uh, was awesome. She done us proud. Yeah, my word, she did. For for those who who probably aren't aware, there is a, a a lovely story on the on the dogs website and also their social media pages about uh, this girl Windra All Class's owners. Uh, owner Sue Barton, who unfortunately is going through some um, some really bad uh, health news, and and she was able to be there on track on on Saturday, and and just talk us through your association with the Bartons and and what it meant not only to to them but to you to prepare that Group One uh, Group One winner for them. Yeah, I've, I've known Brian for a few years now um, and sort of knew Sue a little bit just for association with Brian. But um, it was more, yeah, he just, Brian come up to me one night and said he's got a nice uh, little bit that's broken in and if I'd like to train her. And, and the relationships grew from there through the dogs. Um, I've come to learn more about Sue and Brian and, um, yeah, just what they've been going through lately and um, and just the nicest people on earth and it's, yeah, yeah, that's how the the association started up, and it really just does go to show the the power of of these animals, the greyhound. In that, in that, Sue's going through such a difficult time as far as her health is concerned. But to see uh, the vision of her cheering Windra All Class, who mm-hmm. is affectionately known as Annie, there on Saturday night, and and then just how proud she was post race, coming down the home straight, and then being able to. <laughs> celebrate the the win uh, on track there it, it just goes as i said just goes to show the power of these animals and and what they can do uh for someone who's going through such a such a, a tragic time as what sue is 
Oh, it was awesome. It was an awesome night, and it was, yeah, kick along for Sue and Brian, and oh, Sue just, I'd say it was Brian, but Sue absolutely loves her. It's, well, she, she wouldn't have won a race, and she'd still have the same love for her. It's unbelievable how much she, that they both of them care for their animals. But I think Sue's got a special connection with Annie, and um, uh, to be honest, Annie loves her just as much as Sue loves Annie. They come over here sometimes just to have a look at her, and and Annie won't leave her side. It's 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 uncanny actually. It's it's um no, it's awesome. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and it's a night that for those that were there on track won't forget for a long time. Now back to her. What what are the plans with her going forward? Now obviously there's a a lot of big races on the horizon. Is she a chance to head to Melbourne, or do you, do you keep her to Sydney and? Uh, focus on perhaps a race like the the Golden Easter Egg, which is just around the corner. Yeah, most of the big races are in Sydney now, so I'll I'll definitely be keeping her here for the next few months. But next aim's the Richmond Oaks. Um, that's the next big race aim. She's actually I've nommed her for Saturday night. She's thriving. I just worked her this morning, and she's absolutely thriving. Um, just she's just in a good space at the moment, so. Uh, I think she's the type of dog that needs to keep racing when I gave her a bit of a break. And um, I, I just don't think she likes that. She she goes a bit over the top and she missed a start twice. I think she, she was on the fresh side for both of them runs. And um, I've just worked her out that she needs she needs to work and she needs to uh, she needs to race more, more uh, to be honest. Yeah, that's the best way for her. Yeah, well, you even just go back 12 months and you, you look at a greyhound like She's a Pearl who... I think I was I was talking about it with Jason Lincoln on on Saturday night, and from the start of last year up until the uh, the Golden Easter Egg, I think it was it might have even been the MDC. There was it was sixteen weeks, and I think she raced in eleven of those weeks, and you, we all know what sort of form she was in. So it's probably a, a similar story with with Windra All Class in that she's she's found this elite form. It's now just trying to keep her going in that sort of in that sort of. Um, uh, form going forward, I suppose. Yeah, they're all individuals, but it's when you find a dog that loves racing, I think the worst thing, as long as they're 100% healthy and, and thriving, you've got to keep racing them. The, the second you give them that time off, um, you can lose them sometimes. When I say lose them, lose their form. And, um, and yeah, she's. I, I really honestly believe she's a, a dog that uh, thrives on racing. Yeah, and she, she is very, very good. Uh, when she is thriving, that is for sure. Well, massive congratulations to you, Daniel, not only to yourself, but to the Bartons as well. It was a, a fantastic performance by Windra All Class on, on Saturday and all the very best for the for the future. I'm sure it's not going to be the last time we, we get to chat about her going forward. No, nah, thanks a lot, mate. Thank you. There's Daniel Gatt who trained Windra All Class to what was a, a very emotional win in the Group 1 National Futurity on Saturday night. We'll head for a short break. On the other side, we'll chat with Tony Rasmussen, who scored his first Group 1 victory with Victor Damien in the Group 1 National Derby. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. And they're racing now, and he was away well. Victor Damien, Starline Express out fast, leads to the first corner on Gozo King and Victor Damien, who's across onto the rails. Out wider is Go Bears moving up third, and Rockstar Apollo fourth on the rail. 
They're followed then by Lawless. Next is Palawa King. Well back is Gozo King and Rockstar Gunner. Off the back straight at Starline Express. Joined and headed by Victor Damien. The South Aussie's taken the lead. He's raced away. Victor Damien, a dominant win in the derby. He won it by falling Starline Express. Gobert's third, fourth in Palawa King. They're followed Rockstar Apollo. Then lawless rock yeah, that was Victor Damien taking out the Group 1 National Derby and, and making an, a statement as well to suggest that he might be the, the future of Greyhound Racing. And we're joined by his trainer now, Tony Rasmussen. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Firstly, massive congratulations to you and all your team with the, the winner, Victor Damien. It, it must have been a, a huge thrill for you. It's a very big thrill, actually. The dog's actually trained by my wife, but we train all our dogs together at home. So, yeah, um, she's actually the trainer written down uh, as the trainer. But, yeah, no, very, very big thrill for the family who own the dog and very, very big thrill for us for our first Group 1 ever winner. And just tell us about the, us about the, the dog himself. The dog he's, himself. he's still yet to turn two years of age. He'll turn two next month, but he's got a lot of ability, doesn't he? He's got a lot of ability. It's pretty scary, actually, to have a dog like that in your kennel, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> he's got a lot of ability, you know. Like, they don't really mature into a proper race dog until, you know, around about two and a half years of age, especially the Fernando Bales, and, you know, not even two till next month. So we've got six months of them getting better, we hope. And just tell us, <laughs> at, at what stage did you realise that we've got something pretty special here? Uh, I, I, I do my pre-training with the young dogs, that break in good over at Dave Knockers in Victoria. I do all my pre-training with him down at Angle Park, and he was the first one of the litter in that group that we were taking down at the time to break the 18 seconds down the back. And and then um, he just got better and better, and he ended up going um, he ended up going 17:36 down there on one of the trials down the back. And that's no that's that's well she's fast speed, you know. And we went, wow, we've got something here, and you can't hide it as you know because everyone's watching and. And then um, I took him to Murray Bridge and gave him a hand slip there because the track was, I think the track was being turned over or something. So we, and we took him there and he went 21.44 in a hand slip from the um, 450 metre boxes. And um, I've never seen a dog ever go better than 21.90 there. And that's when we knew we had something special, right? Yeah, that's pretty amazing to be almost half a second. Faster. Now, just talk us through, we, we saw him go to Melbourne towards the end of last year and it was the only time he's ever been beaten in his career. Was was there an issue with him or just put it down to inexperience first time away from, from Adelaide that he just didn't quite go as well as what he can down there in Melbourne? Yeah, look, what, what I made of that was he was inexperienced. He was getting used to travelling, which is a big thing for a young dog getting used to travelling, and it was the first time he really come up against eight dogs. You know, like, as you see at Angle Park, our maidens, our grade sixes and that, and our juveniles, we, we very rarely have any more than six dogs in the field because, because of the way we grade our fields over here, you know. And, and all of a sudden there was dogs all around him, and he just wasn't getting that room early when he was coming out the boxes in Melbourne. I think he'd be a different dog over there now. Um... And um, as you could see, he didn't bother him with eight dogs and, and went with Park. And no, he's a very impressive dog like that. But yeah, that is the only time he has been unplaced, or not one. And, and you know, like, I, I'll put it down to experience and lack of experience, you know. 
And then, and then just and touching then, on mm-hmm. on recently coming to to Wentworth Park. Um, I think most people know now that he he trialed exceptionally fast before his Derby heat win. Did the time of that trial first look at Wentworth Park? Did that surprise you at all, or or were you kind of expecting him to to go that fast? I was hoping he'd go about twenty nine nine, not quite that fast. I didn't expect that, especially we. It rained twenty minutes before we trialed him because um, we trialled him on the Wednesday, 3 o'clock, before the race meeting that night. And we were coming through Sydney and it was raining. I thought, oh, this is not going to really give us a true indication of how any of them go. And they all actually went quite good. So basically, we left Murray Bridge. We drove over there. It was, you know, 15 and a half hours by the time we stopped and empty five times. And, and then we went straight there and we got there just on 3 o'clock because they asked me to be there at 3 o'clock. And we trialled the dogs and turned around and drove straight home again. And, and the time he ran was, was unbelievable. And Victor Marley, she trialled, you know, the 20, the, sorry, the 30 and 11. And, you know, it's, she, she did, didn't disgrace herself either, you know. Yeah, my word. She went terrific in the, in the futurity. <laughs> you just touched on a, a 15-hour drive. It must have felt a lot shorter going home after the trial, knowing he, he had trialled so fast and thinking to yourself, we've got a very, very live chance in this, in this Group 1 series. Yeah, there's a, a guy over your way, Frank Caromer, the, the Caromer brothers in the Sydney markets. He's one of their sons, and he's always been following. He follows our dogs all the time, and, and he said, you got a special one there when he watched him race Angle Park, and he got on first. He actually back, got quite good odds to win the series, and, and he backed him. I don't, I don't punt dogs, or I don't have a bet. I'm just not interested in that. Prize money's good enough for me. And, um, and you know, like, yeah, it's... We knew he had a good chance, but then he drew box five. I thought, yeah, typical. Visitor's box again. And, and of course, he makes a final from the visitor's box and runs, you know, 44. And I walk up to um, get his box draw for him. And down there, what do I pick out? Box five again. So obviously, it doesn't bother him, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. And, and speaking of those odds, I must admit, I got some of the, the $26 on offer. So I wasn't too disappointed as well. And even, even when you went up and picked box. Pick box five. I knew that Starline Express does go hard right out of the boxes. And as you walked up, I think I said to someone, I said, if you pick box five, it's actually going to really work in your favour. And that's exactly how it panned out. Now, just on Saturday, um, at what stage of the race did you know that um, we're about to win a, a Group 1 race? Did you did you have that feeling pretty early on when he got to second on the rails? Or was the realisation come a little bit later than that? Well, it's the first time he's really, really had to work, come from behind. And I, I was hoping he would use his brains and go around the outside or go to the inside and not run up the arse of dogs. That's what he did in Melbourne. He kept running up backsides all the time, you know. Like, and it's like he, he didn't know what to do and a dog was in front of him. But he, he raced that very professionally. He just went, you know, the right decision at the right time. And, and once he went, even with that dog, I knew we were home then because I knew his run home was very strong. And now going forward, what what do you do with him now? Is there a chance we see him go back to Melbourne and and contest? Maybe does he get an invitation to the Temley? I'm not entirely sure. That's that will all play out. Or is a race like the Australian Cup on his agenda? Or I know you said the other night that he'll definitely be coming back for for the Easter egg. Do you stay at home and then just build him and build him, build him, build him, and then just target the Easter egg in in a couple of months? Well. No, my, my, our plans are to go. We're actually going down to have dinner with the owners tonight, me and my wife, and and we're going to have a little chat about it between ourselves. Because they 
they've never had a group one dog either in their lives, and he's 88 years old, Ron Shadow, and Joan's 87, right? And they've never had this excitement before, and it's it's unbelievable for them as well. Um, now, we were, Lisa and I have already discussed what we would like to do. There's other people trying to stick their fingers in the pie too, if you can understand, but um, we'll have that discussion tonight, and then we'll work it out there. But it would definitely be Easter eggers on the cards. The Australia Cup has been thought of, um, and things like that, you know. So I um, I don't, I can't commit to anything at this stage because we really don't know what we're doing at this stage until we've had a chat to the owners, you know, around the table and have dinner together and have a chat. So I guess it's a nice little problem to have to to have a greyhound like him that you know wherever you go you're going to be very very competitive. So to, to have the options, I, I guess it must be a pretty nice feeling. It is a very nice feeling, you know. Look, like, what's he had? Twelve starts with nine wins. Yeah. I know, and and you know, not, none of those have been slow times except for one. The rest have been fast, you know, like best of the nights and things, you know. And you just you dream of dogs like this in your life, you know. You really do. And we're pretty lucky. We've got another young pup that we own ourselves is actually broken in very very fast as well. And, He's probably going to be three months away and he'll be on the racetrack and he'll be a very exciting little pup, I think. I'll have to uh, keep my eye out for him. Well, firstly, big congratulations uh, to you, Lisa, and all all your team there on the win of Victor Damien on Saturday and and the best of luck for the future. I'm I'm sure we'll get to chat again soon because he is is genuinely a, a superstar in the making, no doubt about that. Yeah, I'd like to, um, I'm here, I'd like to thank Stewie Dickinson for putting up with me and, and letting me stay with him because I, I go over the day before and I get there 9.30, 10 o'clock at night and I stay the night there and the day there and go into the races from there. Now, Stewie's a, Stewie Dickinson's one of the most wonderful people I've ever met, him and his family, they're just very nice people, you know, so. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Well, well said. Well, good luck, Tony, for the future with Victor Damien. I hope we speak again soon. All right, mate. No worries. Take care. There is Tony Rasmussen, who's, as he mentioned, wife, Lisa Rasmussen, trains the Group 1 National Derby winner, Victor Damien. We'll have for a short break on the other side, we'll have a chat with Andy Lord, the winning trainer of the Group 1 Paws of Thunder that was won by She's a Pearl. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. And they're racing now. She was away brilliantly from the outside. She's a pearl going with her reflections to the first corner. Gatman across third. Up to fourth now is Amron Boy. They're followed by Embrace Wider. Next Coco model French Martini and zipping Maserati. She's a pearl went bang off the back straight. Opened up by five on Gatlin. They're followed by reflections. Amron Boy and Embrace around the turn. It's she's a pearl clear by three. Gatlin tries hard, but the Queen is back on top of the Greyhound Racing World. She's a Pearls beat Gatlin by two. Third reflections, fourth Amron Boy from Embrace. A gap zipping Maserati, Coco model, and French Martini. Where are the doubters now? The time 29.50. Well, that was She's a Pearl. Brilliant as always, taking out the Group One Paws of Thunder on Saturday night. And we're joined by her trainer now, Andy Lord. Good morning to you, Andy. How are you, Matt? Yeah, not too bad. Firstly, big congratulations to you. It must have been a, a massive thrill for you to see Pearl well, back yeah, back well. winning a Group 1. Yeah, well, you know, all the hard work you put into them. And, you know, it was it was just too easy when we won 13 in a row. It was like nothing was ever going to go wrong. And then, it, you know, the crack started to appear. She'd come into season. She got the injuries and 
And then um, after Gosford, which, you know, I don't make excuses for dogs, but she came out terrible both times and she had a bit of swelling in her neck, so which I found on the Sunday after Wentworth Park when she won the heat and worked on that all week and it's paid off. I still don't think she was 100%, but she's very, very close, you know. And like a lot of true superstar greyhounds, she's really got that will to win, doesn't she? Like, she stepped cleanly the other night, but then she just had that little bit of a bump with reflections and, and lost a bit of momentum. And for a stride or two, you thought, is she going to get caught very deep here? But then she's just got that, like I said, will to win, and, and she just quickly put them away. And it was down the back, it was a, it was like it was the pearl of old there for, uh, for yeah. the first half of the race. Yeah, it was. And if you look at the sections, I mean, she probably got held up a little bit with reflections because she got probably four very deep scratches down on a hock, you know, which you sort of don't get to see till the next day or after the race. But that might have held her back a bit, little bit in the run. But, um, you know, that's what champions do. And, they, they you know, they, they're just set apart from other dogs, even if they've got a little bit of a problem. They sort of like if you've got a dog that can run twenty nine three at Wenny and it, it, it's got a little problem that goes undetected that takes a couple of tens off and makes still run twenty nine fifty, which you know the the other dogs can't do that. And as as far as with her, we you touched on the run that she had sort of in the first half of last year where she was nigh on unbeatable, and then to have all those problems, do you feel for her and her legacy it was? It was something that, not that she needed to have, but it, it, it it's a, a relief to, to get that second Group 1. Of course, the Million Dollar Chase is not recognised as a Group 1, but to get that Group 1 and, and sometime later just to, to show that she wasn't just a, a one-campaign greyhound and that she was a genuine superstar. Yeah, well, I mean, before that, I knew she was a superstar, but, I mean just with all the problems you have and I went down to Melbourne and you know the tracks never really suited her there I sort of had limited time to well sand down she never even seen the place but we did give her a couple of looks at the meadows and you know when I got there I sort of knew I was probably half beat but um, I'm hoping to go back there and and um, show them what she can do but yeah you sort of you, you like you know when they win that group one you know they're back and Obviously, they're racing the best dogs, and it's um, it, you know, it does give you confidence. And now, going forward, what are the plans with her? I assume that Brisbane's probably off the table if she's pulled up with a, a few little scratches on her from from Saturday. Do we see her in Melbourne again? Of course, races like the Temley Australian Cup are just around the corner, and then of course, I assume her main target will be the Easter Egg in in April. Yeah, well, I mean, Queensland was on the agenda. We were going to go with her and Corbon Magic. And, um, he pulled up a little bit distressed after the run and, you know, I thought he might need a few weeks off and she obviously had them scratches. It probably wouldn't have affected her, but, I mean, you're sort of on a hide and nothing going there without a look and we've tried that in Melbourne. And I think, you know, you can't be in every big race. You've, you've sort of got a when you've got a dog like her, you've, you just got to pick your mark and go for that, and you know you just can't be in the car all the time. And they'd never be home, and 
so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna look forward to Melbourne, and she'll probably have a start in Sydney before that, and and see what happens, you know. Yeah, well, I'm sure whatever way you decide, she's going to be very competitive. Now there on Saturday night, it was a a really good night for for yourself and and Jody, of course, Punters Bandit. Uh, was able to score in race two in one of the road to the egg heats. We'll see her go around tonight um, at Gosford in a in a heat of the the summer six hundred. How's she come through that run there on Saturday and and from box one tonight? How do you think she'll go? Yeah, well she comes through better than ever. I mean, I always weigh them the next day at the same time I weighed them the day before and I leave and I always have the opinion if they put a little bit on that pull that good. She put point four on. Um, it's like she never had a run and so um, she's got a tough race with Lock and Barlona he looks like being a good 600 metre dog but um, she's been to Gosford so as long, I think as long as she I, I think she probably needs to lead tonight to win um, but look well, we might have just lost you there Andy are you still there mate? yeah mate yeah, sorry, we just lost you there for for a second or two. You've also got uh, a pretty big hand there tonight. Grimadara goes around in the, the second heat. Drawn box eight, he was terrific winning at Wentworth Park last week. Yeah, and Dapto, he, look, he, he tore his hips at Port at Dapto uh, in the 600. But his first couple of 600s there, he really, he runs some time. And um, he's a he's a sort of dog that, you know, we're, we're looking to set him for that race at um, Dubbo over the 600. He's a very fast dog, and I think tonight he might get a little bit tired, but um, I think also think he'll be hard to beat, you know. And then in the, the third heat, Silver Lark, what a, what a brave run it was from him in the summer distance, played on Saturday on the quick back up, back to the, the 600. He's just so honest. That you'd love to have a kennel full of him, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, he's no superstar, but he look, he, he gets out on the bunny over the 700, and he, he just told, he would have been suited to Brisbane, actually, 710, but um, we decided to go there with him, and he 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 could go around every second day that took. He just pulls up so good, and surprising, even though he leads by so far and gets run down, he runs out of steam, but um, look, if he handles Gosford, I'm hoping he just runs, you know, first or second and makes a final, and once you get a look at the joint, he deserves to win a race like that, that dog. He's, he sort of, he never really got to go through his grades over 700. He just sort of took on the best straight away. And they are a little bit too good for him, but he's still a very honest dog. Yeah, absolutely. And then in the the last heat, you've got Coast Model. What a bit she's been for you guys. Small field tonight, only the, the three runners after scratchings. Um, she's going to end up starting from the inside. She'll be hard to beat, I would have thought there. Yeah, same again. She's never been there, but she's been around enough tracks to know. And um, the owner rang me and said, how do you think she'll go? I said, well, I'll guarantee you she'll run a place. Because there's only three dogs in it. So, But um, she's close to retiring that bitch. And um, she's only got to put in a couple of ordinary runs and we'll pull the pin on her. She's done what she's had to do and she'll head to the breeding barn, you know. Yeah, absolutely. She's been a, a very good dog for a long period of time, that is for sure. Well, good luck tonight, and then, of course, good luck by extension uh, into the future with, with all your team, but most importantly, with She's a Pearl, it's got a, she's got a big couple of months ahead. Thanks very much, Matt.
There's Andy Law talking about She's a Pearl and then all his runners in the heats of the summer 600 at Gosford tonight. We'll have for a quick break on the other side. We'll chat with Alan Hilsinger, who is the boss of the GBOTA. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to Going Greyhounds. Welcome back to Going Greyhounds on this Tuesday morning. We're joined by our last guest this morning, the CEO of the GBOTA, Alan Hilsinger. Good morning to you, Al. Hey, Matty. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Firstly, Saturday night, what a night it was, hey, the Derby Futurity and Paws of Thunder. From a GBOTA standpoint, how was the, the night? It looked to be a, a really good crowd there in attendance and I guess what we haven't seen at Wentworth Park a lot in the past is plenty of entertainment off the track for uh, for those that were there um, to enjoy a night out at one of the great tracks in the country. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I was really, really happy with the really good energy. We had a number of people comment on the energy. There was 540-odd people here. It was our count, plus we had VIP. So that was a, a good crowd and, and kind of, as I said, um, the energy was, was really what it was all about. And then you... Look at the results, mate. Like, seriously, the way they, they fell. And I know it's a, you know, you never want to dismiss any, any other runner or anything like that. But Windra all class winning for, for Brian and Sue Barton and uh, Tony Rasmussen coming up here and having the first ever dog to win the Adelaide, uh, from Adelaide to win the Derby. And then she's a pearl. Um, mate, how can you have a better night than that? Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a night that won't be forgotten for a, a long time by those that were certainly there in attendance. Now, of course, your next m- big major carnival, and we'll touch on Gosford in a second, but your next big major there at Wentworth Park will be the the Golden Easter Egg. Have you looked ahead to that and, and what we can expect on, on that night, or is it, or, or have you more focused on, on, on the past weekend and, and now we'll get stuck into the Easter Egg going forward from now? Both, mate, both. We um, have already looked at the debrief of the weekend and what we can do. Again, we're always looking at what we can do better and what worked and, and what what are some of the things, that the feedback that we receive from people. So we're always looking to get better, that's for sure. And Easter eggs, while we already had that in the process, that's now into full swing and we're looking to take it to a whole new level as far as what we provide off the track on Golden Easter Egg Night. Obviously on the track, we know Golden Easter Egg, that takes care of itself with some of the best dogs already planned from around Australia to come here off the track. We really want to make it a, a night that anyone that comes be that, whether it's their first time to the Greyhound races, whether they're, uh, uh, you know, come once or twice a year or, or they're a regular, we want to make it a spectacular night. So we've got some um, super exciting things that we'll announce over the, the coming month for that. And of course we put the road to glory series on for on the track leading into it. And if you have a look at last Saturday night's heats of that, they were they were outstanding those fifth grade heats and we're going to run another three more of those series with ten thousand the winner and of course the top two in each of the finals get um, exemptions from ballots so they're able to go straight through to the heats without um, worrying about how many nominations so yeah mate we've got a lot of things happening there and as you said Gosford's coming up as well so that's another focus at the same time and just touch on on Gosford just talk us about this this meeting coming up um, not this Saturday the the following. Saturday, the the summer six hundred, but it's not the only feature on the the program. It's there's a host of terrific races throughout the evening. Yeah, mate. When we moved it, we and I say moved it, we um, had a chat to GRNSW and kind of looked at where we we're at with um, a few different races. And obviously, the Gold Cup that was here was going to clash with the 
the 715 and we wanted to look at doing something different. So we uh, decided to go with the middle distance race. It's the first GBOTA group race. So it's a group three race and it's only the second group race over the middle distance in New South Wales. And when we put it on, we were like, you know what, if we're going to do this, let's do this properly and not just have the one race. So that night we've got the lightning final. So those heats will be next Tuesday, which is a 388 non-graded 6,000 of the winner. We've got the fifth grade bullet final, which is 388, 6,000 of the winner. The whole night is, is minimum $6,000 prize money. And then we've got a couple other exciting races. So we've got the 842-metre marathon, which is the first time ever Gosford's held a marathon. So 842 metres there, and they'll start out of the 388 boxes. We'll put a little stipulation just in there. Obviously, you know, we, we want to ensure from a welfare point of view and, and running 842 that we've got the right dogs in there, that dogs must have had a start in their last... One of their last three starts must have been over 700 metres or further. And then we've got other races like the King and Queen of the Coast. So it's non-graded 515 metre races for dogs. And then another one, the Queen one being for the bitches. Uh, but if people go to the dogs website and have a look at the calendar, you'll see all of those races on. And I think we've we've got a, an array for virtually anyone that wants to come out there in tonight's heats, mate. I mean, we were talking about them earlier. Seriously, how good are they? And if um, most of the, the top candidates get through to the final, it's going to be an absolute ripper. Yeah, my word. It's, it looks a, a very, very strong series. That is for sure. Um, now, just last thing I wanted to ask you about is is the, the scenario regarding Bathurst, of course. Unfortunately, we lost Bathurst towards the end of last year when the floods just devastated that area. Where mm. are we at with that process uh, going forward? Has there been... I know there were some meetings yesterday regarding that. I know... Orange has put a bit of a case forward. What What's the latest on the situation yeah. with, with, the, with the track out west for the GBOTA? Yeah, great question, mate. And uh, I mean, we're in a great position considering the devastation that, that that region's been through to be in this positive position in such a short period of time where Orange Council obviously have, um, have sought us to um, consider Orange as a location and, and Bathurst. You know, we've been there for so many years and we have a great um, affiliation with them. The position that we're in is that the Central West for us is somewhere that both councils support. The state government supports it in, in both regions and really it comes down to a number of things. One is location and both Orange and Bathurst have, councils have presented us um, opportunities with land and each of those locations um, on the surface look really, really good. So right now we're in the process of, of doing um, our due diligence around each of those pieces of land to have a look because again, you know, some of these lands may get eliminated because of the due diligence we do for various reasons and others may be highlighted as even better for us for various um, reasons as well. So we're kind of in a nice spot. Uh, state elections coming up. Uh, as I said, both governments do want us to be in those regions. So one way or the other, uh, the best part about this whole process, if we're, whether it's Orange or Bathurst, and I get that participants in both regions want it to be in their region, and that's always that bias, the one positive out of all of this is that we're going to land in the next, I would dare say, in the next couple of months, we're going to land somewhere in that vicinity and it's going to be a state-of-the-art track, safety, facilities, all that kind of stuff. And the Central West is certainly the future looks really, really bright for the Central West. And without being able to, to kind of, because obviously, as I said, the due diligence is still being um being done there like we can't we haven't made a decision either way and I know there's always the different rumors that float when these things happen and 
everyone wants to get involved and wants to tell you different things. But what I can tell you is that um, whatever decision is made, it will 100% be because we believe it's the best decision for the Central Western and the participants. So either way, it's promising and, and exciting for what's going to evolve out there. And it, it's always... Uh, it's always a positive when both councils are, are on board and the government 100%. is also on board as well. So makes things a little bit easier from from your position. And just as an extension to, to that Bathurst question, uh, I have to ask Wentworth Park, of course, the, yeah. the lease expires in 2027, um, but perhaps we won't get to, to the end of the lease before we have a new track. Where where are we at with with looking at a new metropolitan track for to replace Wentworth Park? Great question and really, really good. Um, what's, the, what's the latest I can give you from an update point of view? So right now we've been in the last month since we've been back in this new year has just been meeting after meeting with government and different people from a lobbying point of view. And you can't ever say you're certain. Uh, it's not 100% until it's signed off and ticked off, but um, we're extremely confident that in the next few weeks we'll have at minimum uh, election commitments coming for funding for the new metropolitan track. And we haven't, people keep asking and I keep saying to them that always the question is, where are we going to be? Where are we going to be? And the thing I keep saying to everyone is, well, one is we're, we're seeking the funding first. That's the first and foremost important thing is to get that funding from the government leading into this state election. And we do have a number of pieces of land that we've identified. And a couple of those sit in um, in positions where they're certainly, I think, um, what's the word, makes the government very, very interested in um, in ensuring those positions as well in growth areas. So I, I feel right now extremely confident. I'm looking forward to, to having the announcement there. I'm kind of being a little bit cautious of, of what I say and don't say in that regard because I don't want people going off and shooting rumours and all that. We haven't secured a piece of land, but we certainly have identified a small handful of our top preferences. And I think that's just going to be over the next three, four weeks. So I've got a number of meetings locked in. And really the game is just to have that secured and that funding announced and at least heading to the state election, knowing that no matter what the result is, we are secured as far as our future goes. So, yeah, it's exciting times, mate, with everything that's going on. And I think for Greyhound Racing, most important for us is that we are secure. And that's something that I think for a long period of time we haven't with Wentworth Park. And I know everyone loves this place. And obviously it's a beautiful location and it's a beautiful facility and it's traditional and all the rest of it. However, we still are at the beck and call of, of the state government being that it's crown land and we're, we um, answer to the trust. So moving forward, no matter where we are, the one thing that I'm extremely excited about is the fact that this is going to be Greyhound Racing as a sport in New South Wales venue and the dollars and what's generated out of it is going to be able to go back to the sport itself, to the participants. And to me, that's super exciting on where we're going to um, evolve over the coming years, mate. Yeah, outstanding. Well, I'm sure that gives uh, people out there a, a lot of confidence going forward. Well, thanks for the chat this morning, Alan. I'm sure we'll talk Anytime, about it. Anytime, buddy. No Look forward to it. Thanks, Matt. There's Alan Hilsing and the CEO of the GBOTA. That wraps up Going Greyhounds this morning.